Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to get right into this episode because myself, D. Jones, Strobus, and Gibby talk for a little over 30 minutes. Our conversation begins with a second discussion about the term mental toughness, and then it leads into a training philosophy question. You know, what's best, training your teams as a team or in small groups? Like always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Move the mic around as we need, but like I just told you guys, really enjoyed our mental toughness talk from a few weeks ago, but once we stopped the conversation, I didn't leave with like a huge takeaway or an aha moment, and then even as I continued the conversation with you guys and started reading more stuff online, specifically on social media, just my thoughts have evolved so much, so I wanted to revisit this conversation with you guys. But like I just mentioned, it's extremely odd that we have this conversation. We continue to talk about it. Then I go to Instagram. Then I go to Twitter. Then all of a sudden people that I am and aren't following start posting about the same topic. So you just know that somebody's always listening. But I wanted to read off these quotes because these were strength coaches that had either tweeted or made a, made, made a post about mental toughness. I'm going to read them through, give you guys my perspective on it, and then obviously you guys hop in uh, whenever you got a thought. But first quote was, and these were essentially definitions of mental toughness. It was, mental toughness in sport is the ability to perform your skill at a high level in any environment. The second quote was, mental toughness is your ability to perform consistently under stress, stress and pressure especially when things are not going well. Next part of that was mental toughness is one's ability to bounce back after a bad play, bad game, or an unfair circumstance. Then that person went on to say, to build mental toughness, you must consistently do things that you don't want to do. And the things that that person listed out was high-intensity conditioning, long-duration cardio, and temperature exposure. So going back to that first one, it, it, my overall thought since we've left this conversation a few weeks ago is I do not think mental toughness is the right word to describe what I feel like we're defining the way we talked about it last time or even what these strength coaches are, are talking about. So mental toughness in sport is the ability to perform your skill at a high level in any environment. To me, a better way to say that is somebody's perseverance. The other one was mental toughness is your ability to consistently uh, perform under pressure, especially when things aren't going well. That's your resiliency. That's your grit. And then the last one is, you know, to build mental toughness, you got to consistently do things that you don't want to do. To me, that's discipline. And I really did not like the examples that this person gave because everything they gave was physical. It it. And if you look at the two words that we're talking about, mental and toughness, mental is obviously relating to the mind, toughness being the ability to deal with hardships and adversity. I understand you can build toughness through physical activity, but I would not say that it's you're building mental toughness by doing physical things. So for me, what I have landed on right now, and it will probably change after we get done talking and even as we leave this conversation, it's almost it's. I don't think you can have one catchphrase that is going to encompass all of this, especially when what we're, what people are saying is mental toughness, 
when a lot of what you're referring to is physical. So I think better words are grit, discipline, perseverance, re resiliency. So I'll leave my thoughts there and throw it out to you guys. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the aspect, like from the three quotes that you were given, Spurlock, yep. it, I'm getting to the point, it's like no, no one quote is going to define mental toughness. I, it comes back to, like when we talked about the first time, is the personality trait of that individual. It's so different for each individual and each one of us, where it's like in our own way, we're, we're mentally tough in a different way, you know, and it's, our traits are a lot different than one another around here in this table. Um, so do you think it, 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 it's a thing? Like mental toughness is a thing. I do think it's a thing, um, but it can be in a different way, like individually. Like it can be a thing for me that's different. Maybe I'm better at, you know, understanding my mental game is I can handle a little bit of adversity as a coach or a student athlete where maybe he, like I can handle crowd noise, okay? And I understand that I can handle that. Like it doesn't bother me, but maybe it bothers Gibby but he can handle something better in that situation where um, you're down two in the games on the line where he's able to hit that shot and I've never been in that, put in that situation before. Is that like? No, I still like, for me, it's like mental toughness is not a thing. Yeah, There's like other it, ways to define it that are going to be a better way of describing what you're referring to. I so you performing under pressure, I'm looking at Gibby right now. If Gibby's performing under pressure, He's, he's, you never played baseball in your life, probably. Nope. <laughs> but let's say Gibby's up to the plate, two strikes on him. He's facing that pitcher from LSU that's throwing 100 miles per hour. It's his experience and his, um, maybe his discipline to stay back in a stance that's going to allow him to perform in that moment, as opposed to, I think, something that is a, a term that's just made up as a mental toughness. I agree. I think it's trained. I think you're trained yeah. to do that. Like because of all the repetitions you put in behind the scenes, you are trained to excel in that situation. Just like I go back to like the military all the time, like on this, because I feel like everyone's always like the Marines are super mentally tough. Like they're like, that's the most mentally tough thing there is, which I, I don't think it's mentally tough. I think they are trained. They have trained themselves so well that they do excel in the situations that then they are put into because <clears throat> they've trained to be in those situations. I think another word that we talked about last time was that goes along with train is experience. Yeah. They've gone, they've had these experiences that experiences that they can fall back on and perform at a higher level the next time because they've already gone through it in the past. And we just got done with our Olympic lift talk where you hit on in order to get good at something, it's repetition. You have to keep doing it. Same with the Olympic lifts. It's not mental toughness. It's the fact that I've done 5,000 hang cleans in the past four years that I'm now able to do or look pretty good doing a hang clean and not collapse underneath it or anything. I think that's a good point. Like where my head, literally you guys are saying trained, and I feel like I saw that post the other day. I think it was Angus, one of Angus Bradley's where he was like, um, there's not tough and not tough. There's trained and untrained. And, like, that's not just years of experience either. That's, like, a soccer or take the baseball player the example where they're going to be able to do things in May because they've been through a whole season and they are sharp and stand in that box and be able to face a hitter and do things that somebody might be like, look, that's a very mentally tough thing that they couldn't do in January because they weren't as trained. They weren't as, like, into the season. They weren't as – 
like, so were they not mentally tough in January? It's the same person, and they did it last year too. It's just if you are going through a hard run as a soccer player, you're going to be more fit at the end of the season than you were at the beginning of the season. It's not because you're more mentally tough. You literally have put the miles, put the work in. That's why you're able to do that thing. And then, yeah, on top of it, like, the lessons you learn through those times, like the perseverance, the grit, like the discipline, like you're saying, obviously that stuff comes out too, but there's no, like, it's not a thing in my mind. You can't put a... And I think my, my point being is that mental toughness is limiting, is, is limiting it to the mental part, and that's it, because that's part of the, the word that you're throwing out there, whereas perseverance can be mental and physical. Resiliency can be mental and physical. Grit, same thing. Discipline, same thing. But when you say mental toughness, you are, what you're saying is that it is only mental and is not anything else. That's the problem I got with that that catchphrase. I just don't. I think it's like almost like a cop out for coaches to use when they're like a player's not mentally tough. It's like no, maybe they weren't as fit as the other team, but they like to say they're not as mentally tough as them, and that's why they lost. Or I think that's almost a cop out for other factors that were definitely the limiting factor. Or we'll even get student athletes that come in that have never been pushed. Yeah. So they might not have grit or resiliency right when they get here as a freshman, but as they go through tough workouts with us, challenging practices, learning new skills, then they can develop those those character traits. And then doing hard stuff makes hard stuff not as hard. Like that's literally what it is. <laughs> doing a hard workout makes something else that's hard physical work, not as hard because you've been in that situation before. Does that make sense, D? No, I, yeah. I'm like, here's my, you said like trained and untrained yeah. to say like grit and resiliency. Like if you say that somebody's resilient, is that a word that we're using? Or like, that's kind of my yeah, argument with different? it. Is like, how is that any yeah, different? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So like you guys are saying all these other words, but it's like, I think it's Spurlock's point is mentally tough takes the physical part out of it and it only puts it on mental where resilient can be both physical and mental so it's almost a little more general but kind of specific in a way I feel like even looking up this stuff and Shrubis you might be able to speak to this more but there is no research out there that I could find that would that is able to test measure have a valid research study on mental toughness where there is for grit. I did find one on grit. Like it is defined. It is something that you can achieve. It's measurable. How it was, I don't know. Just read the abstract, but couldn't find anything on mental toughness. I I think it's, it's, I I, I spoke on this a lot during our last time we, we talked about this, but it's contextual. And so going back to the idea that that mental toughness takes the physical aspect out of it, that's kind of the cop-out of the whole point is that you just put it on the mindset. And what's the number one thing that we probably hear our coaches say about athletes a lot? They're soft or they're not soft. And so that mental toughness really kind of takes the, the, the physical part out of it. And that's the whole point, I feel like, is that it can be a lot of things. It's do they handle adversity well? Do they get sore or do they get tired? And do they continue to push? Do they look at a rough week of training and say, well, I'm not going to perform well in this scenario? It's that mental aspect of just what do they think about the environment that they're in? And so D can speak on this a little bit, too, is the the value of emotional intelligence. And that's having an awareness of what you're thinking, what the situation is, what the people around you are thinking or what's going on. And being able to recognize, make decisions and do things with all that in mind rather than just acting on it. And I think 
mentally tough people have maybe a little bit higher emotional intelligence because they just have that higher level of awareness or just capability to think through those things and then make decisions or or act on it. So I think I agree that it does 100% take the physical part out of it, but like I feel like that's the point, if that makes sense. And so we use it as like the to isolate those things, but it's because we're trying to isolate something that is so broad that could be a lot of things. It, again, it could be the weather, it could be the crowd, it could be the performance, it could be your teammate, it could be the situation if you're down two and there's two strikes. Like a lot of those things, how you think through and like participate in that scenario is gonna be the mental side of what you decide to do next. And this is what I always harp on with any client that I work on is it's always more important on what you do next rather than what's going on. And I think that part right there, that that's the mental game right there is your decision on what you do next is the mental toughness or am I gonna crumble or am I gonna do what I can do or am I gonna do the next best thing? And it's, that's the big air quotes mental part of it is that our coaches want athletes to make good decisions or make high level plays or anything in scenarios where yeah, it's tough, maybe it's physically tough, maybe it's mentally tough, but that's why they bring the mental side into it is because whatever it was happened, whatever they perceived to be going on, was it a good outcome, was it a bad outcome? I don't know. But the mental side of it is, okay, what decisions were made? What was their thought process? Did they crumble? Did they tighten up? Things like that. Yep. And I think that's – and I'm not trying to say that there isn't a mental side. There definitely is. For sure. But I just – the more and more I've thought about it, I just don't like the term mental toughness where I, I do feel like there are words out there that will better describe what the student-athlete needs to improve on or where they have improved – um, but what did you say? The emotional maturity? Emotional intelligence. intelligence. Emotional intelligence. I love that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We're talking in, about emotions and intelligence, two words I can get behind. Yeah. But it's just a, the, the phrase that gets throw, thrown out there too much when we're not actually talking about something that is just mental. The mental toughness is what I personal, personally want to get away from. Because, I mean, you if you know, when people say that they're mentally tough, it's talking about a student athlete where it's like, if that student athlete does the same thing over and over and over and when the game is on the line or matches on the line, they always get it done. And we would, we would consider that at that student athlete clutch. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I like that. So like, it's like, okay, instead of saying they're the mentally, the, mentally the most toughest person I've ever been around. Okay, where it's like we, we everybody just says they're clutch, and mm-hmm. you know when the game is on the line. Yeah. Um, so I just want to throw that word out there, just kind of hear everybody else's thoughts on like where they're at with that. Well, term. I think so. going back to the, and I, I can I'll give a quick shout out to to Liam Draxel on our men's tennis team. Is everyone watches him play and they're like, wow, he is so mentally tough. It's not really the case, and it's not that Liam isn't tough or anything like that, but he can lose his first set 6-0, get absolutely blown out, and you could still watch him and be like, no, he's going to win this match, even though he just got dominated in the first set. And that's because he does not drop his level or panic or freak out when he's in a, a situation like that. And maybe that's the same idea, is he just plays at his level. He doesn't drop. He doesn't feel like he has to elevate. There's no panic. He just goes and does his thing, and he's clutch, or he's mentally tough in those scenarios. He's confident, he's resilient, Ex- he's clutch. Exactly, he's same it's, idea. It's, it's the like physical. trust in his ability, though. That, yes. That's what it is. It's trust in his own ability, and that trust comes from the training that he's done to get into that situation. The fact that he knows he's played tennis for so long, he knows he can come back. That's where that trust, like I feel like, comes from. Yeah, and for sure. And I think it's it's 
but it's the decision of like, no, I got this. Like you can tell yourself, I got this, or you can be like, nope, I'm done for. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I give up. Like that's where it's the the decision, I guess, is what I kept harping on it before. Is like the decision making of this is what I'm gonna do, or this is what I need to do, or this is what needs to happen internally so that I can then do it physically is is such a big part of it. And whether that's awareness or toughness or just you know having a, a better understanding of the scenario, that's. I feel like that like is what separates a lot of athletes where the athletes who do kind of crack under pressure it's because they start to question their training where I feel like even when I was an athlete I never like questioned what I did I always knew I did everything in my power to be like the best football player I could be so I never even questioned if I should even be in that situation where people who do question that I feel like are the ones who are like I didn't go that hard I didn't go that hard in that workout I didn't try my best at this thing so therefore am I even ready for this moment and then that's when they start second guessing themselves where if you give it, like, you show up and give it your all every day and you're put in that situation, you're usually fine to go. You're yeah. good to go because you trust in every all you've done. Or if you're the athlete in that scenario and you're sitting there across the line and you're like, am I ready for this moment? Am I good to go? What's going on? And then you've got Gibby across the line from you who's going to blow by you on his route because he's not even worrying about all that stuff. Obviously, he was, quote, <laughs> more mentally tough in that scenario. But my point is, is like, it's those situations where you can get caught up in the thoughts and you can just you can work against yourself in those scenarios and whether it's your decisions you make or your personality traits or how you handle a situation like the mental aspect of that's there it's just using mental toughness i feel like again it takes away from what it is you're doing if that makes sense it's just the cop out word and i agree with gibby what he said earlier yeah you you i feel like it's just we're trying to oversimplify a very complex topic like we're literally talking about just athletics as a whole right now and trying to put put like if the better one is the more mentally tough one it's like that's not the case I feel like there's probably you could probably name or think of people on your teams right now that are not the star people that have to like work harder than those talented people you're telling me those people aren't mentally tough just because like there's no way to quantify this and like make it you know a two sentence definition that we can write down in the notes of this podcast. Like I, I don't know how you're supposed to do that. Is the is the word is the word ever going to go away though? And if it like how no, does it go not. away? It won't, you know, like, like it won't because of sport coaches. I feel like and other coaches who want to use it. You'd be like, just throwing the sport coaches on. I am. <laughs> I am a little bit. Which I definitely I definitely used to be the exact same way when I was like wasn't in strength conditioning. I was like. That person's not mentally tough because I they just don't suck. think it's going to go away. Uh, no, you know, it and never I, it, will. it's like for a word that doesn't go away, it's a strong word. Yeah. It's, yeah. To me, it's like the new athleticism. Ask 10 people what is athleticism, and you'll get 10 different answers. Like they'll call pure talent athleticism, and then they'll call, like, I don't know, like it's you could get into an argument with 10 different people about this and, and hear 10 different viewpoints. Like there's just no right yeah. answer. But that's why very commonly, like, I go back to. Like when I work with athletes on the sports psychology side of things, I tell them that we are working in performance psychology. And how can we use your mind, your mindset, your focus, your concentration to better help you perform? And I think you said this about sleep one time, Spurlock, but it works with mindset and what you're thinking about the same way is that mindset is not everything. Your training, your conditioning, your preparation is all very important, but your mindset affects all of those things exactly the same so in short mindset isn't everything but it affects everything and I think again focus concentration thought patterns routines it's all part of quote being mentally tough but it's just how can you use the 
the brain, the focus, the concentration to then perform better rather than just hitting five extra pounds on power cleans the day before your competition. I do think to Dee's point where he said, you know, the, the term isn't really going to go away, the mental toughness, but I, I would pref- I think a better way to like, what did you say? What did you just say? Strobe? It's, it's the mental psychology, mental psychology. Is that what you said? I say performance psychology, performance psychology, mental performance. And I think I even wrote that on the notes that I sent you guys for, for this. I like that makes sense. I can get behind that, yeah. but um, I, I do think the mental toughness is thrown out there so much because whoever is saying it sees something that needs to improve, but they don't know exactly what needs to improve, nor do they know exactly how to improve that, 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 that character trait or that aspect in that person's performance. So they just throw mental toughness out there as not really a cop-out, but it is because they haven't thought through what actually needs to happen in order for the student-athlete to improve in that area. Uh, let me throw this out there. So I think this was the first question that I asked some of you guys after we got done talking last time. So we got, we're talking about the mental performance, mental toughness. Those are, then there's also mental health. And do you want to start this one out, Strobus? And sure. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the question, but I think what I... Um, the example I threw out to some of you in the office after we got done talking is you have Simone Biles, who obviously the, the best gymnast in the entire history of this, the sport. She pulled herself out of the Olympics. She had, do you, do you remember what the, was it called the spins or something like that? Twisties, Twisties yeah. yeah, where she did not feel safe. Um, she was obviously at you know the biggest stage for gymnastics in the world. She pulled herself out of the event or the entire competition, I can't remember, but I think what I said was would, because, and I'm gonna read the definition again, but she wasn't able to perform at a high level in any environment, would she, we say that she is not mentally tough, and I'm using air quotes, but what would you say to that, Trevis, or any thoughts on that topic? Yeah. Well, I think this goes, and this might be an oversimplified version of it, but I've always thought of mental health is no different than your physical health. Sometimes you catch a cold. Sometimes you have strep throat. Sometimes you have a snotty nose. It's just things that happen and come up. And it's very irregular for a lot of people, so they don't necessarily know how to handle it or conceptualize it or what to feel about it because it's not something that we just, everybody has the blanket understanding of. You know, if you have... If you're having allergies, you take allergy meds. Well, mental health is in no way, shape, or form the same, but from a perspective standpoint, that's the way I kind of think about it. So, you know, was she not mentally tough in that scenario? No, absolutely not. She was very mentally tough because she made the decision that was hard to do. And I think that's maybe where the controversy or just the the topic of it was, was that, oh, she's got something mentally happening. She's pulling herself out. You can feel how you want to feel about that, but having the awareness to then make a decision based off of that and understanding that she had something internally going on, I think was a very brave thing for her to do because, I mean, shoot, if I had something going on like that, I don't know if I'd want to put it out there. I'd probably come up with, I rolled my ankle or something, but then you're telling me you're not going to compete in the Olympics with a rolled ankle? Like, that doesn't sound like you're being tough. So I think it's just a perspective of, like, how serious is it? What's going on? Is it something that's new for the person? You know, if you have a baseball guy, we were just talking about this earlier, baseball guy that's 
rubbing at his elbow, feeling like it's kind of weird for the day, they are going to be a little off. Mental health, I kind of think of is, is the same way. You're going to be a little off. And like I said, mindset isn't everything. Mental health isn't everything, but it, it affects everything. I like that example. So exactly what you just said. But So she pulled herself out of the Olympics, which was an extremely tough decision to make. But because she had the maturity to really think things through that was the best decision for her and probably her team as well because if she were to not perform well the usa gymnastics team probably isn't going to perform well as well so i once again i think that was a tough decision to make toughness being the word not throwing mental in front of it but she was tough she was a really tough really tough decision to make and she made the right decision was the tough thing to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring up an example, like going off, we're going to stand on the gymnastics thing. Everybody's talked about Trinity Thomas and trying to, you know, tie uh, Jenny Hansen's record at UK at 28 perfect tens. Um, and the girls asked her, so she was at, she was in floor routine uh, at regionals, um, went for a pass and just completely stopped the whole floor routine um, and ended. So got a zero she she didn't end the routine at all and said that she felt there was a ton of tightness in her Achilles um and she was there's a lot on the line for her because she's really trying out for the Olympic team moving forward after her career at Florida and she didn't compete the rest of the regional um tournament so then they went to nationals they were in the national tournament she only competed on vault uh for the semifinal match and there was a lot that went down on that whereas like she was trying to get the perfect 10 um but a lot of our girls talked with her because they're really good friends with her and they talked about like you know what's bothering you and she's like mentally like i can't get it over it because i feel my achilles the entire time but i'm trying to beat the the record or tie the record of getting a perfect 10 so that's why she went for it in the regional semifinal and then when when they got to the finals she competed on vault hit the perfect 10 to tie it um, and then knew that their team was really close to Oklahoma and beating them, so she stayed in for bars, which she didn't compete, you know, two days prior. Um, but the girls talked about, like, how she always talked about, like, mentally, that's all I felt was my Achilles. But then it was, like, going off of that point of, like, being tough and going out there to try to get the perfect 10, it's like there was, two, like, the two terms there. Like, mentally she was feeling it, but then she was, like, her toughness took over, you know, like, so my point is like, we're going back to the mental toughness piece and the mental health. Um, I just wanted to bring an example because there was, there's kind of a difference between Simone Biles and Trinity Thomas, you know? So just an example I wanted to talk about. You guys got anything else on mental toughness thoughts? So another conversation we had as a staff uh, a few weeks ago was about training our teams as a team and then also training our teams in a small group so as for those that know our program part of our training philosophy is training our teams as a team and we have very few exceptions where um i'm trying to think so our swim team trains in two groups we can't fit everybody in the weight room at one time but as you know, Gibby, you've gone over and helped out with football this semester. I'm all obviously over at uh, Joe Craft, and I get to see our basketball teams train. Um, we they don't necessarily train as a team, 
all the time. So basketball is usually trained in small groups. Football, it's a giant team similar to our swim setup where they need to go in. How many groups does football go in? Four? Uh, three. Three. Three different groups. So so we started talking about that and just some pros and some cons. Um, so I, I think a big reason why I love training our teams as a team or specifically volleyball is because my freshmen get to see the upperclassmen and their work ethic and how hard they work. Um, you know, the upperclassmen have gone through orientation. They've, they know what the expectations are as they step into the weight room and the freshmen really don't have that when they arrive on campus. Most of them have zero weight room experience. Um, so once they get on campus, I, I want our freshmen going through their orientation process uh, and those progressions, but I also want them to look over to the side and see our juniors and se seniors and how they move, the intent in, in which they move, and the intensity and the atmosphere that they create in the weight room. So I think that's one of the biggest things. But one of the biggest cons, I think, with our team training is it's hard to give those athletes that need it that uh, extra personal attention. So if it's just me and 12 to 17 volleyball players and somebody needs me to hold their hand a little bit or maybe they're on an, uh, maybe an alternative program, I really can't do that uh, at a high level in a team setting. So that's where maybe small group training might work out best. I think another reason why this topic was on my mind is as we go into the fall semester, Memorial Coliseum is gonna be going under construction um, the way that I have had our weight room schedule set up for our volleyball team in the past probably is not going to fit in the fall of 2023 because we're going to have one gym that we're going to be sharing with our women's basketball team. So we don't have the flexibility with practice times and weight room times that we have had in the past. So I might have to think through developing some small groups, having our volleyball team do some small group training during their competitive season in the fall. But throwing that out there, wanted to get your guys' thoughts or revisit your all's thoughts. Um, I think, like anything else, it's contextual. It's like what we kind of came to the conclusion of and what I feel like I took away when we talked about this off the podcast is, like, we provide a lot of things. We're not just in here trying to get people stronger. It's like a team environment. Like there's things they're getting out of it. So I think it just depends on your situation. But I think most times I am trying to get them in as a team because I realize like I can't just pretend that I can bring energy that they're going to be able to get out of it just being around each other. Like if you've trained anyone one-on-one, -on -one, it's not the same as like a great session when they are getting after each other, they're staying on each other, they're pushing each other. There's only so much you can do as a coach. Um, so obviously I think that's like the biggest piece of it. So other than that, it's like there's times I think it makes sense to train people individually. That's what you have to do. But I think most of the time I'm trying to get people in as a team. I think that was my one of my biggest takeaways from the talk as well is, you know, if I have multiple groups of the same workout, let's say the first workout's at 7 a.m., my energy is high, I'm on point. But if I got another group coming in at 8.30 after I've already ran one group through it, my I really want to have the same amount of energy, but it's really hard to bring it for that second group like you brought at the, the first group. I think for like me, I have obviously very individual sports with golf and dive. So ideally, I think, especially golf, where when they do eventually go pro, they are trained by one person in an individual session. 
So I'm sure they would love to be trained individually. I love that the team setting, so I like to keep them together. But I definitely see the pros in splitting it up and being individual sessions where each person can almost work on something individually might tailor to their golf game than what would in like the team setting. Um, same for the dive team. Like it's, it's a team sport in college technically, but really it's an in individual sport. To win, it's like all dependent on yourself a lot of the time. Um, it's a little bit different when you bring the team aspect into it, but a lot of the time if you want to win, you have to put in the work, but it is a better environment, like Brent was saying, where the team environment is unmatched. Like, when I lift by myself, I definitely lift way worse than if I'm lifting with Brent and Spurlock and D and everyone's around. I just feel better. I'm more excited to be there. So I do think that is a huge positive of the team setting. What were your takeaways, D? The, so I'm going to just bring up, like, for all of us, we all go through orientation with our student-athletes. And there's a separation. So you may have your incoming athletes uh, that are, you know, transfers um, or incoming freshmen. So there is a separation between that group and your upperclassmen that are coming back. And there is some cons to that because um, you're not really doing team training. They're training at the same time, but they're separated because they're, you, know, you may have a group over here on one side and a group on the other side. It's your returners. They're doing normal lift and then you get orientation to the other side. Um, and what I've tried to do like with my groups is try to make that orientation group kind of be on the backside with our returners um, so they feel like they're part of the group. And that has definitely helped um, because but there's still like that view of like we don't really know who these new student athletes are because they're not around them 24 seven. Even at practice, they're acclimated into practice. So they're in their own separate group. Um, so we would all say this, that team training is super important um, for the development of that team's culture, um, to help the coaching staff with just developing relationships within the group. Um, you know, and I see that with, there's a difference between my three teams. You, you got baseball, um, and there's pros and cons. The, there's a separation between the pitchers and the position players because they're on two separate programs. And there's a seven-day rotation. So those guys are never around those positional players. And when you get to fall ball and they're competing against each other, you, there's a definite line in the sand where it, it's the positional players are competing against the pitchers and the pitchers are competing against the positional players. Yeah. And there's there's almost like a love-hate kind of tension. deal there. There's a ton of tension yeah. between the two teams. Like, I two say groups. two teams, that's yeah, it, yeah. the two groups. Um, where softball is a very close-knit group and so is gymnastics because they're constantly together, they're constantly doing things together. Where baseball, it's completely separated. So going to the pros and cons... Those are my three teams and, and kind of separating um, the team aspect versus the individual or group aspect. I think one pro of like the individual aspect also, I think we hit on this in our talk, was remember when Rob Harris used to have his individual groups come in with men's basketball and he had some of the best relationships I've ever seen with his athletes. So I think it's big on relationship building because it gives you time to actually sit there and have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I think the example I used was Hadley who just tore his ACL, came in for just an upper body lift by herself, and I took her through it, and I learned more about her in that one hour that she lifted than I knew about her in the past two years that I've known her now. Mm -hmm. So I think you do learn a lot, and it does give you a good like foundation of relationship building if they do come in and it's a one-on-one -on -one session. I think like another piece that pops into my head, just to give an example of like it's contextual, is it's the time of the year too. So it's like I think with uh, men's soccer, for example, like right now they're in their off season, so we're pushing a little bit more in the weight room. So there is an environment to be had where it's like they're getting a, that team competition. Like that's where the weight room is kind of filling one of those holes. Whereas in season, 
like we still train as a team, but that's more logistical than anything. Like I, I think I'd be way more open to like, oh, you have a conflict here, like just come in at this time because they are already getting so much competition. They're in their season. They're not coming in the weight room trying to do team building stuff and get after each other. It's more of like, it's a different phase of the program and it's just get this work done and, and move on with your day. So it just, it depends on what you're going for. Love it, guys. Now we've been going for about 35 minutes, so I think we're good. So I appreciate you guys sitting down and revisiting those conversations that we had. But everybody out there listening, thank you for listening. If you got any feedback for us, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks, and go Cats.